Well, hello there, Johnny. How are you, good buddy? I am doing uh, pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty good. It's been a heck of a new year so far. Uh, how have things been in the world of Mark? I'm pretty good. I don't know. I've been on this weird creative streak lately. Like, I've been thinking, like, you know, you and I are about to round out this show here in a couple weeks. And, you know, where do we go from there? And I had this idea for a show about, like, it's a last will and testament, but through a podcast. Mm. Right? Right, right. Okay. And so, like, no one would listen to it, and it would be super specific. And, like, only, like, a handful of people would actually get it. But I feel like the kitsch value just in that, you know, just like the, the, the kitschy, unique nicheness of that would be enough to carry it for at least, like, a 20-episode arc. That is very meta. It is. But then I get to thinking, um, I've already got three podcasts that nobody listens to, and they're all three pretty goddamn meta. And one of those three is this here, the Dangle Podcast. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Welcome, everybody, to the Dangle Podcast. This is one of our uh, our more bizarre cold opens, but gotta say, I'm loving it so far. This is a Dangle Podcast. We uh, talk two episodes of that beloved animation classic, King of the Hill by Mike Judge. Mark and I break down each episode, uh, two episodes each week. We talk about what we like, what we don't like, what's good, bad, what stands up to the test of time. And if we're going to watch this episode again, we slap it with our patented rating system. And uh, yeah, uh, Mark, you and I, we talk a, talk a lot of King of the Hill. We have for, for quite a while now, because mm-hmm. I do believe we are at episode 249, born again on the 4th of July. What do you say we jump on in, buddy? Um, I think that's a great idea, but really quick, I just want to say I love all my children. I just like to make jokes at our expense because <laughs> if you can't laugh at yourself, well, what can you laugh at? Talk to me about Born Again on the 4th of July, Johnny. I absolutely will. And, well, before I jump into this, then I ha- I also have to say to the, let's see, habitual three of five listeners that we get all the time that we actually know and talk to, um, hey, Brad, we do love your show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, original air date, guys, April 19th, 2009. We are one day shy of a decade off of Columbine. How crazy is that? <laughs> God uh, damn you. <laughs> you can cut that out. It's fine. Oh, um, leaving it. It's, it's been years. It's been years, John. It's <laughs> almost a decade. It's, it, you never forget. Oh, wait, wrong one. Uh, Mark, our, this episode was written by Aaron Ehrlich. Where did we see Aaron Ehrlich last? Last thing, last thing we saw Aaron Ehrlich in, uh, she wrote uh, six characters in search of a house. You megaloaded, and that was my last blue flame. So yes, okay. Controversial so writer in this house. There's some high peaks and some lowy lows that we have to reach here, but uh, I will say this is a hell of a long list of characters. So Aaron Ehrlich did uh, did her homework. All right, we're gonna start this out with. Cast of characters, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotree, Boomhauer, Lucky Kleinschmidt, Luann Platter, Gracie Kleinschmidt, Heck Dorland. I think this is the first actual appearance of Heck Dorland. We have heard about him. He's the man, the myth, and the legend, but mm-hmm. I don't know if we've ever actually seen him up to this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Han Min and Connie Supanusipone, the Christian preacher character, fucking Carl Moss, John Redcorn, Nancy and Joseph Gribble. Ramon Alejandro, Lori, Clark Peters, Stuart Dooley, Useless and Randy Miller, and Jim, Lila, and Caleb. 
Yep, I saw Dusty Old Bones full of green dust in the background. I can confirm he does make an appearance here. That is a I'm shitload glad... of people. Well, I'm glad you called that out because I thought I saw him too, and I thought I was just being crazy. Um, I also Mm-mm. think that you missed one crucial character, unless I just didn't oh, hear no. you say it. It's our giant favorite mute beast, Beef. <laughs> you are correct. You are correct. No, so it, he is not named in here, but he's in my notes. I called him Moose for some reason, but it is Beef, right? You, yeah, you called him Moose last week too. Well, shit. Okay, that's yeah, all right. It is what I just, it is. I, yeah, well, guys, it's it's his nickname. It's fine. Uh, synopsis for this episode: <laughs> Nick, Milton Street. His, start, his Christian oh. name. His Christian name is Beef. His nickname is Moose. <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, synopsis baby Milton, in Texas. St- Milton Street starts an American Pride turf war, and Bobby gets saved by the man upstairs. Uh, A-story characters, because there really is no B-story. We just have kind of two intersecting A-stories, Hank and Bobby. Um, Yeah, let's, uh, let's get on into it. Mark, what do you got for notes? Oh, notes. I don't know if I was grumpy this morning, but I'm going to be a little bit bitchy this week. Um, Bobby's not wrong. Fourth of July sucks. It's not my favorite holiday. It's, yeah. it's my, like, I mean, I like the food that you get with Fourth of July because I could hork down about 34 hot dogs in 34 minutes, I think. But, like, eh. Yeah, yeah it's, I don't know. It's fine. Um, I like blowing shit up, but. It's no fun anymore because you always light shit on fire in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, like, fireworks have been legal here for, like, 30 fucking years. Pretty sure, yeah. <laughs> so this is a really meme episode. We get a lot of, like, the ones you see all the yeah. time on, like, Our King of the Hill or on Twitter. And it's, like, the one that sticks out is Bobby laying on the couch eating chips off his stomach, which is <laughs> yeah. just genius. But I like to do it with popcorn. So sloppy. It's great. <laughs> um, and then you also get the, you know, if those kids could read, they'd be very mad. I see that mm. every, I see that one, all, that template all over the place. Yeah. 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 And it, granted, it is a very good template, but oh, yeah. I hate Carl Moss. I know, big guy. I know. <laughs> um, We haven't been to church with the hills in seasons. Like. Yeah. I, I, and I'm not calling this as a continuity thing because again, we don't care about continuity anymore. What's continuity? Fuck continuity. That's what it is. But like with the church, I, I think church hopping or passion of the Dotrieve was the last one. It might've been church hopping, but yeah, that was at least a season ago, like a full season ago, if not longer. Um, also, uh, oddly enough, if we, this is an episode that's that's dedicated around Bobby and spirituality, this is like one of the first times we could and have not seen Stroop in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, not even not not even the fact that Hank and and Peggy go to the church without him in the beginning. It's just very interesting to me. Yeah. So Bobby should be over church, right? He should be over religion based off the run of this show. Like, and I tried to write these all down, and maybe I'm missing some, but so Halloween, Junie Harper convinces him he's a Satanist. Um, 
Yes. Fucking, I'm sure he's sick to shit of the manger babies and <laughs> Christian puppets. Um, yep. Revenge of the Ludafisk. He burns down a church. <laughs> like, he was mm-hmm. a Buddhist llama. Like, Bobby's got to be able to see through this shit. Um, Reborn to be wild was a better episode than this one. Like, but it was the same idea, but it just wasn't as bad. I don't know. I just, Is that I don't the one like with Bobby's. Digitation, Bobby? And Magician Bobby turning water into wine. Oh, no, that would be, um, oh, shit, the, oh, what was that one called? Sleight of Hank. Okay. When you're the amazing Jesus. No, Reborn to be Wild was praise him. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. okay. My, my, my point in all this is Bobby should be really burnt out on church in general or religion in general. Like, I don't know. No, I think that's a fair statement. We have uh, amazingly just beaten this subject to death, and they they just keep sucking more life out of it. Like, it's only so much more juice you got left, man. Well, it, some of it makes a little bit of sense. I remember several like religious re- reawakenings in my youth, you know. So I guess it kind of makes sense, but. It does, but like there's there's shit in here that I feel so I I'm, if you mind if I just step in for half a second here there's shit in here that I feel is recycled and not uh, not in a good way like there is one character in here specifically that we've already seen and this is the better version of him but we've already we've literally already seen the revival preacher tent like that was Buck Strickland's church when they're doing mm-hmm. church hopping we saw that less than a fucking month ago. Why, why do we need to see it again? Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those, okay, also, it wasn't a month ago. That was in season 10. Well, it feels like a month ago. <laughs> but even, so even still, though, like, we're at season 13. Um, <laughs> so this is three really years not... later. They're allowed to do it. it. Is... I just... I guess. Like I said, this is the superior one in my mind because this is a a much better platform for somebody like Toby Huss to exert his vocal range on. But, yeah. No, yeah. I think you make a very valid point. Bobby really should just be over it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't think Bobby knows what the word fornicate means. I don't think he does. I don't know if I know what fornicate <laughs> means. To have relations, John. Oh. <laughs> Damn. You know. My hand is a real dirty fornicator. <laughs> yeah, it is. High five. Ew, it's sticky. Um, <laughs> Only had three right, today. So... It's fine. <laughs> Checked it twice since we've been here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, we're, we're going to jump ahead quite a bit here. To um, when Bobby destroys Uncle Sam with the crowbar and Hank decides to, you know, call the block meeting and, oh, this means war. Like, what is Hank going to do? Like, and I mean, I guess we see it. I guess we see the full extent of it with, you know, rotten vegetables and shit. But like, and, you know, Bill committing arson and reckless endangerment, 23 counts. But like, I don't. I don't know. I just, what's he going to do, Hank? Calm the fuck down. Um, and finally, wait, Useless lives on Milton Street? We know he's got to be kind of close. I mean, it, it, 
it makes sense, right? When Bobby, Connie, and Joseph are out and doing stuff in the boneyards, like he's out, like Randy's out and about as well because he's saying he's a kid in the neighborhood. He goes to the same school as them. They do the same shit. They're in the same scout, like scout club, if you will. Um, it makes sense. I guess I never thought about it. I honestly thought he was in an apple blo- on Apple Blossom because they're just trash. Yeah, I, I, maybe that's it with all that passive solar and the Super or the Mitsubishi. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Yeah, you'd expect somebody like that to live on Apple Blossom. <laughs> Trying to buy Hitler's canoe. <laughs> <laughs> um, those were all my notes. Sorry, I was kind of all over the place, but that's what I got. Yeah. No, 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 you're good. Um, you, you, you and I hit a couple of of similar things here. So first is that um, we have hit peak pant load Bobby in this episode. This is 14 year old Bobby. Um, he is rebelling against his dad. He's doing stupid shit that, that he doesn't think his way through. Like it's a very well written 14 year old, right? Taking money Mm -hmm. from your mom's purse. Doesn't sound like it's a problem until it is a problem. And then you go, Oh shit. That was like one of the stupidest things I could have done. He doesn't even try and lie about it. He just goes, Oh shit. And like looks at the purse. Um, th- to me, like the Bobby on the couch eating potato chips, that's a bill power move if I've ever seen one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really kind of peaks with his go to your room. Fine. I was feeling like a nap anyway. God, do I, I always feel like the laziest sack of shit sometimes when all I've done nothing all day, but like play video games or watch TV and I go, God, I had a rough day. I need a nap. <laughs> like I never but personally I never feel more like a pant load than those days and I'm like damn okay so um I appreciate you calling it out I, I definitely can see it there um there is a lot of callbacks in this episode and part of this is that we're in season 13 and this is the season of wrapping shit up but like we've got callbacks to characters we haven't heard from or heard about in half the series at this point when was the last oh, yeah. time we heard about Heck Dorland? Since, I, I don't know, like, I do not know the last time it beat firefighting, I think, right? It it might be, oh, I think he, he gets mentioned maybe one more time with, like, uh, it was some sort of construction project or something a couple of seasons later. But, yeah, like, oh, yeah, that's he's, right. That's he's right. been around, but he's been around. We know that he's he's tangentially involved with the firefighters, so they kept that line through here with him being mm-hmm. a retired firefighter or something to that effect. Um, like there's just, there's all sorts of shit. And I, I was very impressed to see like, Oh, if you're going to do it and you're going to do it big, at least you brought back some older characters. You didn't just slap on a, some random no name dude, give him a brand new um, body model and give him a celebrity voice. Like you didn't need that. Definitely didn't need that for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Arlen has two new hot spots, if you will, uh, at least at this little mini strip mall. We have Sensei Ed's and Lens Cleaners. That's what I picked up uh, when I paused my my view today. Um, yeah, Sensei Ed's. I loved the Sensei Ed scene, by the way. Just the fact <laughs> that he keeps referring to, to Bruce Lee in the background as Karate Man. That's amazing. <laughs> Uh, that, with that being said, um, a huge note in here and it should just go in prose is hot damn. I need to see a movie with Toby Huss as a revival pastor. He is angry enough looking. He has got the build for one, like just in his own physical form. 
I mm -hmm. want Toby Huss to just scream at me about the devil and Jesus and about how I am not doing things well enough. If anybody was going to get me back into religion, it would be that man doing that shtick. Holy okay. hell. I love okay. you, Toby Huss. Um, <laughs> and my last one here, th so much of this like hinges on the, the fireworks show and all this sort of stuff, but it just kind of peters out. And I have to ask you, which is which is the worse, like better, worse cuckolding? No, not cuckolding. Edging, edging of a fireworks display. This episode or Summer of Four Foot Eight in The Simpsons, where Homer just blows up his M three twenty in Flanders thing and just walks away. You know the answer. <laughs> I want to hear it. <laughs> what better way to celebrate your your nation's birth than blowing up a small chunk of it? Yeah. Simpsons all really the time. Fantastic episode. It's... Oh man, <laughs> we do not sell any illegal fireworks here. Come to the back with me, sir. <laughs> That's so. <laughs> Follow me. <laughs> Follow me. <laughs> An M three twenty. I don't know what you got planned for tonight, but count it out. But count me out. <laughs> <laughs> Bottle okay. of Harper, some panty shields, <laughs> one, oh, maybe two disposable enemas. <laughs> so the m320 a, an m80 is supposed to be a quarter stick of dynamite that just mm -hmm. makes it the m320 so it's just a stick of dynamite <laughs> it's all just... it is it's just a stick of dynamite <laughs> not apu sold homer okay cool we can <laughs> also not to quote who. my oh i can't make that joke because it's really offensive but i was gonna say like my second favorite Indian selling fireworks. Be careful. Some of these are illegal in Mexico. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to keep it in because that was kind of clever. Guys, come at me if you will. Fuck it. That's, I don't ugh. care. I, I, okay, it's, also, can I just, can I really Jonathan quick? Jonathan Joss, be a come pro. fight me. Well, no, it should be a pro. I think that he understands that we are not talking shit i think it's a great i think it's that great oh, yeah. pro that he's just like all right what is the native american doing well he's his casino failed what's he doing now he's selling fireworks awesome just double down yep. that stereotype because they're allowed to do it that's fucking amazing he loves those snakes and sparklers man <laughs> change your name <laughs> hey, to kicking so ass <laughs> You got no whistling yeah. bungholes. <laughs> Husker do's, Husker don'ts, or no screaming kitty chasers. Neither without the scooter six. Um, All right. Join shit. us next week when Johnny and I watch Joe Dirt. God, that's... Fuck. If you haven't thrown it on your can't wait to show the kids, please do it now, and I'll happily rewatch that for you guys. Um, Mark, those are my notes. What do you got for pros? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, sorry, I got the giggles. Pro, the firework buying scene with Redcorn. That's amazing. Could be a favorite moment. Who knows? Um, Pro, holy shit, it's beef. Hooray! Oh. <laughs> 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 uh. Um, Pro, I really want to beat this shit out of little Christian Bobby. I want to push that little fucker in the fountain when he calls me a fornicator. Props to you. Pamela Adlin, good job. You made me want to hate a teenager. Well done. Um, and then also, after Bobby destroys Uncle Sam, he has Junie Harper bitch angel face. It's the, I swear to God, yes. John, 
so there's the cut with him in the house, it's still in the house, walking into the garage, and he's got this smile. And it is they recycled the Junie Harper face and put it on the yes. Bobby model. And I was just like blown away by that one little where detail. he's all satisfied. Yeah. 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 He's all sanctimonious and shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, I sent you a picture, and literally, I have in all caps in in my pros list. Holy shit, it's moose, which really should be holy shit, it's beef. <laughs> I just made me very happy that you and I had to have that exact same thought. Awesome. Six thousand miles away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then I guess I like the fight scene. I don't know. I know I should like it, but I'm just like, we get it. You guys have seen Lord of the Rings. Okay, yay. This is King of the Hill gets to do Lord of the Rings. And <laughs> yes, that does mean that Bill is the fat Urukai screaming into blow up Helm's Deep. Because he, he does. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, how about you, buddy? So let's see here. First pro here is... Khan getting really into this after the emasculation they all faced the year before. And then they do the cutaway to, I give you Washington crossing the Delaware in lights. And they immediately just get overshadowed. Mm-hmm. Luann's line of, they have real fireworks and every single guy in the alley just going, oh, like they reverse grinched, man. Their dicks shriveled three sizes that day. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, pro Bobby found a pepper or a pizza place that would, that would send him over and let him order at like nine o'clock in the morning. And that's me being nice. The Hills, you know, are up and going to church and probably have to be there by nine. So he found somewhere that that'll deliver at like eight or nine in the morning. And I love that. Um, you already hit it, but the, if those could, if those kids could read meme, I've seen some really good shit with that. Um, it's, it fits very well into politics. Basically, you just put a bunch of MAGA hats on the kids in the, in the office and put anything pro Biden and you're going to get a million fucking viral views. It's going to be great. Yeah. But it also works for like the reverse of that. Cause I've seen it with like Bobby holding up like the, 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 oh shit. What's it? Sorry. The fucking vaccine will give you turbo cancer and blow your balls apart and Moss walks in and it's just, people, <laughs> oh, and, you know, yeah. If those libtards could read, they'd be real upset at you. Like, it, it works so well on both, like, anything. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 one of the ultimate, like, divisive ones. It's the same as that asshole that holds up the, um, like, what is it, debate me or prove me wrong, like, convince me I'm wrong sign. I see that one a whole bunch. Um, yeah. Anyway, we're, we, we don't need to go into it. Um, holy shit, it's beef. And then a, a comment, and then added later, and he talks. <laughs> they have a moment where he talks in the end, and I'm just like, wait a minute, is this really beef? Because he's not trying to pantomime the jaws of life to me, so I don't believe it. Well, 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 okay, so I'm sorry, he wants him to do what? Get the big hose and spray him down with it? I don't think mm-hmm. beef is allowed to pantomime that, otherwise he's going to have to move counties and get on the list. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Firefighter um, or no, John? I, there, we got laws. Um, I love. I'm moving on here because otherwise we're getting into a weird conversation. Uh, I love that the neighborhood, the entire neighborhood of Rainy Street, turns into a posse. Like I do yes. like the end of that. I don't need to see the Lord of the Rings esque battle and all that sort of stuff, but 
it, it's I love that it, this is such a serious thing for all of them that Fourth of July means so much to Texans that they're all like, nope, they fucked with us. We are going to fuck with them back and we have to do it and we have to do it hard. Um, This feels very Bob's Burgers to me, you know, very yes. Bob versus yes. Jimmy Pesto. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Um, and then my last one here is I want to shout out and make it a pro that they used just about every secondary character model that they have in the past to represent a, like a character on rating street. I think it's why we're seeing, um, let's see, we see Ramon, we see, uh, Joseph, we always see Joseph. We see Clark Peters. We see, see Dooley. We see Randy. We see Eustace. Um, Jim, Lila, Caleb, like all of these people are members theoretically of Rainy Street or tangential to it. They're all kids that should be going to Bobby's school. This makes a lot mm -hmm. of sense to have them all show up here if this is a big deal. Like if it's the entire neighborhood that's doing this shit and these two, two like forces are battling against each other. Yeah, like somebody had the forethought to say, cool, all of these other characters were on the on the thing, like on Rainy Street at one point. If he was still alive, I'm sure somebody would have put Pops in there. Okay. Okay, I like that. You know, or uh, somehow or if he in. wasn't touring, we would have put the shit, the shut it, yeah, the guy who came out of the wall. No, I was going to say the, uh, <laughs> that's one of the funniest fucking gags. Uh, no, yes. uh, we just saw him last week. Uh, Kane Scredeberg used to live down the street. I don't think he does anymore. Yeah, it's true. But I appreciate whoever decided that they needed to use those uh, those secondary models at least one more time. Um, <laughs> just to say, fuck it, we designed them. Here they go. Yeah. Um, Mark, what do you got for cons? Let's get to some cons here. Um, Cons. I can't get morning pizza. <laughs> it's some bullshit, right? Yeah, super bullshit. Um, con Luann wrapping Gracie in the flag. Like that's gross, right? We can all agree. That's really gross. It's a baby, mm, baby shit and puke. Time. Like, okay, cool. I just, we've had an episode yep. about like the veneration of the flag in old glory. And now we get Luann wrapping a fucking baby in it. And I'm just like, stop. And I get it. This is 2009 America when we forgot that thing in the constitution that says you're not allowed to wear the flag. And we all put the flag on fucking everything. And that trend hasn't died yet, but like, okay. Okay, cool. All right, fine. Whatever. But like shit, man. Um, con lucky exists. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> which will lead me into like that in our next episode. I just, I don't know. It's like, you ruined... This is your fault, Lucky. This is your fault. Bobby could have stayed a pant load and no one would have cared and we wouldn't have escalated to this, but who is the driving fucking factor of ruin? It's Lucky. Um... And then I would have liked to see Min get shitty with this. I want Min and Dale to present their counterattack because Min's dad is a fucking general... Of a dictator regime. <laughs> the tactician. Yes. Yeah. I want to see her in on it too. So have Dale identify... Okay, so have Min identify the, the targets and then have Dale say how they're doing them or flip the roles. I don't care. But yeah. we, we've got to... If we've taken the time to do a presentation, I want Min to weigh in <laughs> on it. 
You're absolutely right. I want to say the only reason that didn't happen is they must not have had a availability for Lauren Tom because shit. Because otherwise, there's a lack somebody of better have too. been fired for that. Yeah, nah, somebody I mean, should have been fired for that because it's so good. That's such a perfect fit. Well, and it makes sense too because like Khan isn't the militant in the family, you know. Mm-hmm. Min knows how to fucking field clean a AK-47 blindfolded. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's pretty much it. I didn't really want to bitch about this one. I watched it. It was an episode. I just... I didn't get anything out of it. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, You got any more cons for me, or what do you want to... Where, where, where are we I at? Do. What do you think? Okay. <laughs> No, what are my cons? Um, okay, good. Sorry. Uh, I am really, I'm really sorry to you and to our, our listeners because they probably won't be able to cut all this shit out. I've got something in my fucking throat. It's just like, won't get out. So if you hear me just con- constantly trying to hack it up, I promise <laughs> it's not intentional. Like, I'm not dying. No, good, it's just obnoxious. I had COVID a couple I hear you hit ago, the ground. kind of lingering. Uh, <laughs> what? If I hear you, like, hit the ground, I'll, like, call J-Ray. Awesome, thank you. You know, like we you start do. coughing and then you um, black out because you cough too hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so first con here: desecration of the flag. Do not wrap your children in it. Like you had already mentioned, children are really gross. They uh, shit, piss, and barf everywhere all the time. Um, guys, it's in our constitution or bill of rights or some shit. It's in some big all official document that you're not supposed to do certain shit with the flag. And that, I have that would to be the constitution. Imagine. But... Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I'm just covering my bases here. Uh, whatever the fuck it is, I know it's official, and I know nobody gives a shit. They got to show that they're proud to be an American, or at least they know they're free. Um, next con here. It, it seems super out of place, and I have no fucking clue why she would ever be doing this. But we have a whole scene of, of uh, Peggy deciding she's the first fucking woman ever to, to sew a flag. Because that's the only thing I can think of as to why she's sewing stars back onto a flag instead of just buying a fucking new one. She wanted to be Betsy Ross. What do you want? <laughs> I, I guess it seems so unnecessary to me. Like, what the fuck even is this? And she's, she doesn't do anything in the whole scene. Everybody just says stuff to her and she goes, uh-huh, that's fine. Uh-huh, yep, that's great. Like, what the fuck? Why? Why is she here? Um... You already hit this kind of, but I'm going to go one step further and start calling people out. Bobby gives me a Westboro Baptist vibe in this episode, especially when he's in the uh, in the mall and he's harassing mm-hmm. people and just screaming sinners and fornicators at everybody. I'm like, cool. Yep. Nobody likes that guy. Yeah. Absolutely. Nobody likes that guy. Uh, but my biggest con here, and this is going to be this feels weird. It feels weird to say it. Uh, I don't know why some reason today is the day that I decided I'm bringing realism into King of the Hill and into the front of my mind. Um, Mark, they are celebrating July the 4th. Yes. When you think of July 4th, what do you think of? We already kind of hit it earlier in the episode. Fireworks. Fireworks and, and picnicking and family barbecue, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck isn't Hank at work at this entire episode? He has, like, entire days to dedicate to building a giant Uncle Sam and probably the busiest time of year for propane. Nah, they're... Nah. They're they're all right now because... And he Buck, doesn't like, take time off. He's not taking time off. He's just working regular shift hours, and then he comes home and works on the... It's, it's summer, dude. The sun's up until, like, 10 p.m. 
I guess I mean, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to remind me of this when I start getting bitchy about it. As the more the more drunk I get, um, <laughs> in my mind it was just like, cool, we we're officially into Homer Simpson land where Hank's job doesn't fucking matter. And now, like I said, I don't know why I picked today to fucking die on this hill. It's been like this for a long time. That's what thirteen seasons of a fucking sitcom does. Um, but it was sticking in my brain today. I was like, it's the fourth of fucking July. We didn't see Strickland once this episode. This is weird to me. We didn't hear him mention propane once this episode. This is weird to me. For whatever it's worth, the 4th of July fell on a Saturday in 2009. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, dude. Stop trying to turn me on this. Let me I'm be not angry. trying to turn you on. I'm not trying to turn you on this. I hated this fucking episode. It pissed me off. It was obnoxious. We retread old ground, and you think that shoving some fucking character models in it makes it a good episode, and that's not what you do. Like, yeah. So, so I, th- yeah. that's that's the it for my cons, by the way. Like, it, okay. that, and that was my biggest glaring one. It was just like I realized halfway watching halfway through watching the episode that Hank really should he should be at work at this point. He's dedicating a lot of time, effort and like energy into this i have to go and and murder this other street and he really should just be at work <laughs> right <laughs> so uh we are to favorite moments buddy did you have anything that stuck out for you um yeah i've got two um dale stabbing the sack of buns <laughs> okay <laughs> when they go to ruin the dinner um and then uh, beef with the fire hose. Yo, you gotta do it. I know you're. I know what you're thinking. You think you want to do it? Go do it now. And he gets all horned up. And my only thought is, <laughs> oh, they got a big fat dumb pant load too. Theirs just looks better than Bill. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> how about you, man? Um. So I have one, possibly two. Well, we'll see. We'll look at the possibly one first. Um, I think it might be a reference to the Blues Brothers right after Bobby gets quote unquote saved at the revival and he does his like little dance to the music and he's going down the aisle and I'm like, this looks like fat John Belushi in the Blues Brothers and this makes me happy. Okay. Um, okay. I don't know if it's a reference to that. Maybe I'm just projecting this. So it's kind of there. That's like a very personal favorite moment, if you will. But the term incendiary dog bombs showed up in this episode, <laughs> and that made me so happy. I will never not call flaming dog shit incendiary dog bombs from this point on. That's amazing. Also, pro to you for making me remember this. This is the second time Hank has used flaming dog shit as a weapon. These are the yes. him and Pops lighting the dog shit on Kane Scrutterberg's doorstep. <laughs> but there's the duties in there, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, you can't screw with the classics guys flaming dog shit is always funny also smells so fucking bad um Th- this mark, is I'm mark the lawyer coming are... in and saying dangle podcast is not endorsing you lighting flaming dog shit <laughs> but no, you know you election season about election season is coming and if you're under 18 they can't prosecute you so you know signs are a really good indicator of alignment and i don't really care which side you pick because you're fucked either way guys go have fun kids here's mark being bipartisan (laughs) saying vandalism is fun so long as no one's getting hurt yeah but arson is a crime well well, they are contemplating what they want to vandalize i'm going to explain our rating system to the good folks because we're there we're to that hey before before you do that just because i'm kind of trying to still nail this point home and i'm trying to be better oh yeah 
Does this feel like an episode of King of the Hill to you? Yes. To me, it does. Why? Um, it's so, to me, it's, it's on brand to me because it is a menial, like, everyday man thing to get upset about, right? It's a rivalry okay. with the next street over about whose fireworks show, like, whose bootleg fireworks show is better. It's not the city's fireworks shows. It's not even the next county's fireworks show. No, whose rednecky fireworks show is better? Ours or the streets next to us? And we can see fucking all of it because they're right next to us. That to me seems very much like a King of the Hill type story of you've taken something that's very ordinary and you've elevated it to a point where people are launching giant things of like rotten somethings at their neighbors, mass scale. Like they've constructed these big ass catapults. It, I, I think it's very silly. And to me, that that strikes me as King of the Hill. Okay. Okay. So I don't know. I, I I don't know if you feel the same way. You may you may have a different thought about this episode, but no, not really. I mean, I I agree with you. I think you're right in that, and I would just add that it does because once again we get religion ruining everything. Yeah. <laughs> like that is a, and that's not me being inflammatory, man. That is a through line through this show. Like, re- you bring religion into a thing, and it just ruins it. Right. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, this does feel like a King of the Hill episode. Yeah. Okay. It's a good example um, of Bobby being a good? little bastard. <laughs> Pretty much. Am I good to break down our ratings here, buddy? Yeah, buddy. Take her away. Break down those ratings. Excellent. Uh, so at the very bottom of our rating system, we have a charcoal. A charcoal is a failure of an episode. It's as dirty as the soot under your boy's fingernails. Charcoal episodes are not rewatchable, they're not very fun, and they do not hold up to the spirit of King of the Hill. After that, you have a Megalo, and a Megalo episode is one that is one step up from a charcoal. Mark and I liken it to a turd that's got a little bit of cold golden corn kernels in it. Uh, every now and then you find something good, but most of the time it's you're just surrounded by a bunch of shit. Megalo episodes are also not ones you're going to seek out. They're ones you might watch on your initial run through and go, eh. Oh, it's this one. I'm not watching this and skip on your next time through. Mm-hmm. After that, you got your butane episodes, and these are bastards. Just like butane is a bastard gas. You love to hate them, and you hate to love them. Uh, butane episodes are run-of-the-mill, everyday episodes of TV, of King of the Hill. They hold the spirit just fine, but they're nothing super fancy to write home about. They're the stuff you have on in the background while you're playing Pokemon or while you're just screwing around and packing your bowl. It, you know... <laughs> What, whatever you, you do in your spare time. Uh, butane episodes, there's a billion of them. That's just what it is. When you get a season or uh, get to season 13 of a show, you're going to have a lot of show or a lot of episodes that are just average. Mm-hmm. The above mm-hmm. average episodes, Mark and I liken to the Char King. And Mark and I love Char King episodes. They're everything that is good, great, and grand about King of the Hill. They have great storylines, wonderful guest stars. They take a sitcom trope and they flip it on its head. If Mark and I both agree that an episode's a Char King, it becomes a Char King Imperial. These are some of the absolute best episodes of King of the Hill that you just need a little bit of context to understand and appreciate on a full level. Now, there's one extra level after the Char King Imperial that Mark and I love to to give out whenever we can, and it's the Blue Flame of Valor. These are the absolute best episodes of King of the Hill that you can show to anybody without context. These are your perfect introductory points to the series. 
you can show anybody who's never even heard of this tiny little town in Texas and say, hey, check this out. Watch a couple of these. This is for you, I promise. So, Mark, on a scale of charcoal to blue flame, what do you give Born Again on the 4th of July? I don't know. Personally, I'm giving it a megalo. I really don't like this episode. I'm not going to put it back on. I'm not going to go look for it. If it's on, I won't turn it off. But, like, I think I'm being a little bit meaner to it than it deserves. But at the same time, I really don't like this. So as a personal, it's going to be a megalo for me. But if it was, like, okay. you know, I, I guess objective rating, like, against all other King of the Hill, ah, it's, it's a butane. But it's, like, it's a, it's a light butane. You know what I mean? Like... Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I, I again, I don't care for this. I'm glad that it gets memed, but I'm finding that I'm also I'm kind of finding that the memeier or the ones that get memed more often are the ones that I don't like, which is kind of weird. And I don't know why. Interesting. Yeah, I I'm thinking to see of, that. I'm thinking of like no Bobby left behind with, you know, missing special needs child and it's Dale and they, you know, yeah. Can put, yeah, like that one um uh Bobby goes nuts ones like that and it just I don't know okay yeah how about you buddy um so I gave this a buking okay um, I actually enjoyed this episode quite a bit it's silly it's on brand it's outright dangerous at points um I'm really sad that we didn't get to see the follow up of the cops showing up to figure out why heck Dorland's house is practically fucking destroyed with like six others around him um because you know at some point the cops showed up and Heck Dorland was like, yep, things got out of hand, but I used to be a firefighter, so it wasn't really out of hand. And he talked his way out of it. Like, we missed all that bits. Yeah. We just saw the end. But um, to me, this hits the King of the Hill brand very well. But holy shit, do I really wish Bobby wasn't so preachy in this episode. He is the worst part of this. And I'm sure he's it was intentional. Like, he was supposed to be annoying and obnoxious. And nobody was supposed to like him in this. Like, he's supposed to be the bad guy. But dial it back a little bit, guys. Realize who who you're turning into the villain and how much you really want us to hate him. Like, there's a fine line between turning Peggy or Cotton into a villain versus Bobby. Right. But you know so. what, though? Can, so, really quick, sorry. I do like that there is the flip in Bobby. And he acknowledge, and he realizes it's wrong. And he does try to come clean. Like, yeah. at least Bobby is willing to own up to his mistakes. So I can give that a pro, I guess, like, retroactively. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, uh, but yeah, anyway, that's that's what I got. It got a buking from me. Um, okay. It's interesting. I'm not, I, I probably won't seek this episode out, but I, I'll keep watching it. It's, it's there. It's watchable. It's doable for me. It's not something I've hated. Okay. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, should we um, light up on over to our next episode? <laughs> I, I say we, we should, man. I might need to take a shit first. We'll see. <laughs> can, can we cut the call before you do that? I don't think I can live through two of those again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dump it. All right. Well, we're con going to continue on, Mark, uh, with episode 250. 250. Uh, if if that if it, it serves you, if you will, um, this episode I'm only gonna say the full title once because it's obnoxiously long. Uh, serves me right for giving General George S. Patton the bathroom key. Original air date April 26, 2009. This is written by Croston and Hall. Mark, where did we see Croston and Hall last? Uh, the accidental terrorist, and we fucking hated it. 
Ooh, interesting. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, let's see if they can redeem themselves with this episode. Uh, we have cast of characters, Hank, Peggy, Bobby, Hill, Luann, Platter, Dale, Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer, Kansu, Benus, and Pone, Octavio, Lucky Kleinschmidt, and the final appearances of Cotton and Dee Dee Hill. Oh, mm-hmm. that hits me in the heart. Mm-hmm. Hot damn. Um, synopsis for this week. Hank is tested with seeing his dad's remains find their eternal rest in a bar bathroom and Dale and Bill have an argument over a beer can. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's kind of start in on that. Uh, our a story character here is Hank. If you want to say that Dale and Bill are the B story, that's cool, I guess, but it's really, it ties right into the A and the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, I mean, the A story is it's Hank and technically Bobby and, and Peggy, like the, it's the Hill family. Um, but this is a, it's a very much a Hank story here. He's saying goodbye to his dad. Uh, let's get into notes. Um, yeah, let's get into some notes, buddy. What do you got for me? Uh, number one, do you mind if I give you my synopsis? Please do. Uh, Cotton takes one more, or sorry. Cotton has one more chance to dump on Hank and Bill and Dale dump on each other. <laughs> I like yours better. So many Thank dumps. You. So many dumps. Um, and if you don't mind, I'm just going to kick off here because I bet I've got this before you do or you've got it, but I've got a point that I want to beat with it. Hey, Johnny, remember yeah. in Cotton's plot how Peggy got caught in a grave at the Arlington Cemetery? <laughs> I, You know what? I did not even put this in here because I knew you were going to say something about it. But yes, Mark, I do in fact recall that very nice episode. Yeah, it was a good episode, but you know what? Quite frankly, who cares that they forgot that episode? Because do you know how much shit they remembered in this episode about the entire King of the Hill canon? <laughs> There's some interesting shit. There are some interesting ass callbacks. Yeah, like yep. just the opening scene with the guys looking at a car, just reminiscent of, you know, that first episode where they're looking at Hank's truck and Luann pulls out yep. from underneath it. It. Oh, John? Oh, baby. Oh, the member berries. They were heavy. And I'm going to talk about my member berries a little bit later on. Otherwise, we're going to be here for like an hour. And I also want to see what you might hit on. But um, I don't care that they forgot that episode because this episode is such a... Boy, they know their source material. Um, I'm really sad yeah. that uh, Juan Pablo isn't with Bug anymore. That really depresses me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I noted that too. But I guess, you know, relationships and people change, so it's only healthy and growth is a good thing. Um, Alamo Gold. Does this mean that Alamo is Coors Light and Alamo Gold is like Coors Banquet? That's how I would equate it, just because you and I are... Like, that. that's the perfect way to equate it if you're from Colorado, right? Because Coors and Coors Light are the Alamo. They're the basic bitch beer that everybody fucking drinks. But not everybody has Coors Banquet, but everybody has Coors Light. Hmm. Yeah, no, I I immediately thought of Coors the second that came out of Hank's mouth as well. So I'm glad you did. Yeah. Um, 2009. What wrestler did Duty marry? I thought Chavo Guerrero. Ooh, Ooh, you. Oh, man, you are. You and I are great. Um, Can I can I give you my note on that? Hell yeah. 
So I looked at PWI or Pro Wrestling Insider's top 150 wrestlers just to give an, get an idea of where the landscape was in 2009. Mm-hmm. Number one for 2009 is The Game, Triple H. I think uh, Cena was number three. The okay. fucking Undertaker is still on that goddamn list at number 12. Don't get me started. I fucking hate that ancient dinosaur. Um, it's fine is what it is. Boy, you're picking yeah, a get, fight get it for you. with 2009 Undertaker. I know I am, and I fucking hate Undertaker. Anyway, my for my <laughs> consensus, from the list that I looked at, and knowing who Dee Dee is, I have to say that she was either married to Matt or Jeff Hardy or somebody like Scott Steiner. I had a third thought. Hang on. Oh, my God. Hang on. Oh, my God. A third thought. Hang on. <laughs> I love Chavo, though. That's a great one. Hey, what if it's Hornswoggle? Because you said knowing the type of men that Dee Dee's attracted to. <laughs> But oh, Hornswoggle ooh. is, in fact, uh, from Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Oh. But he also, if you want to point a reference, stands at four foot five. So, interesting. Cotton okay, could be a passable professional wrestler in his own right if he so wanted to. I mean, never minding that he's dead, but he's just doing the head butts to the balls. That that would yeah, be exactly. the stick the whole time. Yeah, dude, he's Chris Benoit, but he's already got the brain damage, and he's already abusive, so his family knows to avoid him when he's sad. Yeah, it's great. I was trying to think of what his like who he looks like a miniature version for, because you have people like Gilberg who show up that are like, it's not Goldberg, it's Gilberg. And I'm like, who the fuck would Cotton be? I, can't, I really just uh, slap a wig on him, and he, I guess he's a mini Ric Flair. It's way more foul mouth. <laughs> well, him and Jim Ross got the same beady little eyes. Ooh, yeah, but Jim Ross is Oklahoma boy. That's true. That's true. <laughs> anyway, um, wow, this derailed. Anyway, yeah, you're, sorry, that's my fault. Uh, just a couple more here. No, I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> um, the second she said professional wrestler, I went, oh, fuck, there goes 20 minutes of mine in Mark's time. <laughs> hey, we're only six minutes in. We're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think Cotton liked Washington apples, but I bet he loved a Brayburn. I bet he did love a Brayburn. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and finally, um, my ears perked up when they were talking about how Patton hunted Pancho Villa. And I was like, is that a real thing? So by definition, this is already a good episode of King of the Hill because it made me learn something. Johnny General George S. Patton was a fucking badass. In 1912, he competed in the Olympics in the modern pentathlon. Okay. In 1913, he was such a good fencer that he developed his own type of saber that was then implemented for cavalry use. By the way, Patton was in cavalry, which means he rode a fucking horse into battle because this is still the 1900s. Uh, The first time he used a car was in 1916 when he was in Texas hunting the Mexican rebel Pancho Villa. Nice, okay. (laughs) Yeah, and then, you know, blah, 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 World War II and all the awesome tank shit. (laughs) <laughs> but like dude right. he was so he was one of the first military leaders to look at tanks and go we can use these like horses right guys no no fuck you they're tanks they're at best they're resupply and support like look at the marne yeah 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 but we can treat them like horses <laughs> it's he's so <laughs> fucking cool <laughs> um, give me your notes buddy um, so notes, first one here and one that we need to rail home since we'll never see him again. How many men did Cotton Hill kill? Fitty. Fitty. He killed 50 men. 
Okay, so the mystery around Bill's dad continues because Bill, once again, very much says, I know too much about my dad, but I've pushed it so far away, not even alcohol can get to it. <laughs> I want to know what the fuck this dude did. I really do with some bizarre, like, weird fascination. I have to know what Bill's dad did. The point is, Mark is right. <laughs> yes. Uh, we hit the DD is married to a pro wrestler bit. Mark, am I allowed to make a posthumous list for you to do? Yeah. Like, if I made one, would you do it? You bet your ass, buddy. Oh, that's that's a wrong answer for you, man. That's great. So long as one of those ones is go and get one of those fucking triple pork sandwiches from Rackstack. Oh, fuck yeah. That's where we're going to end that shit. It's going to be great. Uh, call back to the Hotel Arland. There's a, a lot of different callbacks here, but I love the callback to the Hotel Arland and you go in and you actually get to talk to the madam, like the hooker, the one hooker that probably still lives there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I put in here that once again, as like, I swear, as, as they use him as this linchpin every time he shows up, Boomhauer has to be the voice of reason. He's the one who finally gets people to shape up in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yep. Boomhauer. Yep. Um, that's what I got for notes. What do you got for pros? Well, before I do that, I want to talk about my member berries really quick because they are pretty much just yes. pros. But so um, we got Luann as a mechanic. We got um, yep. Dale's dad, and he is reconciled with him, and they have a healthy relationship. We've got Bill's dad, and we all know how bad that is. Uh, Shin Jelly, yep. Jug Store Cowboys, <laughs> Hotel Arlen, um, All the Cotton Splatoon. They took the time to, you know, scratch those names on the thing, or on the, the yep. like, I don't know what you call that, the, 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 the reservoir dump panel thing i don't know the chunk of wood on the toilet because toilets don't work this way the anymore tank. yeah tank that would be the god damn okay maybe <laughs> 6 a.m is too early for fucking truly watermelons but i gotta get my juice in somehow manitoba cigarettes it's the brand you like to smoke keeps you happy toke for toke don't worry keep smoking there's a post credits reference scene that hank does we haven't seen that since i want to say um, oh yeah um, oh, the, the mower race episode that I cannot think of. Hank's backstory. The DGS? Yeah, Hank's backstory. Eddie, I only do nudity when I feel the script calls for it. Yep. Yep. I'm 90% sure that was that one, not Hank's unmentionable problem. I just don't remember. But still, we got that one. Um, There's so much shit in here, John, that is just so good. Like, and it's like... It feels fanservice-y, but in the right way. Right, but when we talk about does this feel like an episode of King of the Hill, yes, it does. Because you're going back to shit that was, like, established in the first episode. And yeah, I know, we're glossing over an entire episode. But Cotton was in dire straits. Maybe he sold the plot, you know? Yeah, he may have. Maybe he had a change of heart in the end. Like, I know that people rally on this in, continu in continuity, but also it talks about how Cotton got that fork in Germany. Well, we know per Shin, or we know per Cotton's plot that Cotton was never in Munich. It doesn't matter. The uh, to 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 treat Cotton with continuity anyway is asinine because it can't exist because yes. Cotton. You know, we 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 kind of hammer this in. Um, but just to, sorry, I'm still I'm just rolling here, dude. No, you're good. Um, we Go get for callbacks. It. Go for it. We get callbacks to the Vietnam veterans that were in um, Unfortunate Son. We get a callback to fucking, oh, what's his name? Pad Whoopin Jarvis or whatever his name is. And Padlin Peggy in the Spank with Love. It was the old spanky guy. Okay. He's there. He's there. He's the World War II veteran with only the one tooth in the bottom row. And he's talking shit. But like, 
dude, John, like we talked, you know, like last episode, we're all excited because, oh, yeah, hey, look, cool. There's there's Caleb and them. And oh, look, it's useless. But like, dude, yeah. this is like Croston and Hull have been watching King of the Hill. It's the entire time. And they super fucked up the last time. And they felt really bad. And they said, guys, we got to make this right. Um, OK, anyway, those are all my member berries. I'm sorry. But, whew. No, you're, you're good. You're good. I have a retro range, if you will, before we jump Please. into pros and cons. Um, cause I think you hit most of my pros with your, your member berries. Um, Mark, you and I, we could have a falling out. I could have a falling out with my worst enemy. I could have a falling out with my closest friends. I, I could just, we could all just stop talking one, one day and just never talk again. You could not pay me a single solitary cent of any amount of money to refer to it as a dude divorce. <laughs> and the fact that we still put names and shit like this, this cute, itchy little stuff onto this stuff. I, I, I will never endorse it. This is me on my soapbox for a second. Like, I'm sorry. The English language doesn't need fucking weird compound words like that. It doesn't. We've gotten mm -hmm. along plenty fine without them. God, it just drives me nuts. That shit used to be all over the place. Like, just like making nonsensical words. I'm trying to think of of another good example of this. When somebody's like, when somebody is watching a TV, this fucking drives me bonkers, dude. When somebody's watching a TV show and they say they ship two characters, immediately just want to kick them in the dick. Yeah. I'm like, nope. That don't don't like that. Don't like that at all. Um, no, it's I, just, I hate it. I hate how dogs oh. are doggos. I hate I hate fucking internet slang. I'm so heckin' sick of pupper memes, John. I could just make a bigger pooper doodle on the fucking floor. Like you know what I mean? I hate that shit. I'm I'm with you a thousand yes. percent. Stop fucking calling it's raccoons just... trash pandas. Shut the fuck. Like I just I hate it, man. But you know I don't know. I just I hate internet culture. I think is my problem. I, I think you and I spend too much time on the internet, and that's why it's it's old. It's fucking tired. When you see it a million times, it stops being funny. And then people in, try and adopt this shit into real life, and it's like, God, no, please. Stop trying to make fetch work. It's not going to work. Yes. Thank yes. you. Speaking fucking Simpsons memes like we do. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to jump into pros, because that, that's I don't need to talk about dude divorce. <laughs> um, but first pro mechanic Luan is back magically question mark. That's a huge pro. Yeah, it is. Um, second one bug is still in Dale's life and he has a new boyfriend. Apparently the bar for dating bug Grivel is you have to like Ayaya because he, his new guy likes Ayaya and Juan Pedro liked Ayaya. Mm -hmm. Like, yep. That's, that's apparently it. Um, also I figured out, I know how to spell Ayaya, which makes me feel really fucking smart. Hey. Um, <laughs> animation note here. I it's a huge pro, well, not a huge pro, but it's a pro to me that Dale has the super long sign on his garage that says, "If I if I unsuspectingly die of natural causes, the first suspect needs to be Bill Dotree." Like he's got it painted on his garage. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, <laughs> I've got one in here that I don't think you noticed, so I'm gonna save it to the end. Okay, uh, wonderful okay. callbacks to Cotton's crew. Even that foul-mouthed Erwin Linker makes the list in the end, which makes me really fucking happy. Mm -hmm. I love that. I was trying to sneak in a way to say the words gutter slut in here with making him sound natural. I just don't think I will. So, yeah, it's fine. Uh, my last one here is the scene where Dale and Bill are dividing up their belongings. 
and it's Octavio and Khan who are their mouthpieces, essentially. There is one really, really quick frame of animation where you see their piles, respectively, in the alleyway. Did you notice what was in Dale's pile? Uh, no, I didn't. Dale is now the proud owner, somehow, of Figgleforth the Lawn Gnome. What? How? Yep. I have what? no idea, but he's he's in Dale's pile. <laughs> Fuck, and I thought I was paying close attention. Okay. Unless, unless, uh, and what may have happened here, and I, you and I can feel free to totally just make this a thing here. Um, we all know that Bill is obsessed with the hills, and so Bill may have gone out and bought himself a Figgleforth or Figgleforth type of lawn gnome, and Dale, just being the dickhead that he is, decided to claim it in their dude force. <laughs> but... Yeah, if you go back through and watch it again, um, you can see Figgleforth. And, it, and it's just in that one scene. I'm pretty sure it's him. Um, hmm. Did we go over your pros yet? Have we hit your pros? No, not quite. It's all right, dude. There's a lot to say about this one. Um, So, you know me. Listeners, you know me. I call. I watch this with subtitles. Uh, when Bill walks outside and sees the sun glinting off the beer can, the subtitle just says, Squeals. And I love that. <laughs> Pro, how much of this episode did we remember from all of the King of the Hill canon? I've already beat that to death, and so have you, but I just want to touch on it one more time. Yeah. Um, Pro, this is such a cool way to cameo Cotton. Like, I don't mind the flashback yes. if you know, oh, he talked about other things, and it's just him saying he killed the Fitty Men. But, like, I killed I, Fitty Man. Yeah, <laughs> he must be proud. I am. I killed Fitty Man. I, but, like, getting the tape recorder, I just... That's such a cool way to put a character who's yes. dead back into a show without flashback. And I just, I love that. Yeah. I think that's great. Those are my favorite moments. And then I just really, really liked this episode. So I didn't write a lot of prose. I just watched it and was into it. Yeah. But if you don't mind, I'm just going to knock out my one con here. Yeah, please. They were talking about how now that Dee Dee's single again, she's on the hunt. Peggy better get ready for a fight. And then... <laughs> That tripped in my head, you know, like, what are you doing, stepmom? Like, I thought about that, but then I just thought about, like, Dee Dee getting stuck in the dryer, and somehow Hank has to have sex with her, whatever, but, like, the inciting riot is Hank comes in and sees her ass and goes, more cling peaches and heavy syrup, and I thought about that for way too long and i'm sorry that i'm this way but it wouldn't be an episode of dangle podcast if mark didn't get just a little bit too horny right <laughs> oh Dee. Dee. if anything she's too big <laughs> both lefties <laughs> <laughs> no i i think that's a, that's a fair con buddy that's definitely a fair con here what do you got, man? I have two. First off, Dale gets to a point, and I feel like he is too mean. He has one line in here. It might be the meanest thing he has ever said in this show. You know what line I'm talking about, Mark? Is it, if you give it enough time, it'll grow legs and walk away like your ex-wife did? Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> like, is that not one of the most cruel things you can say to another person? Like, oh... I felt like that was just, it was, it was just out, out of line 
And my last one here is I had a fuck lucky moment here because okay. it was a, you don't need to open your mouth. You don't need to fucking be here. This is a stupid joke and I don't like it. And it's his, his line uh, about cremation. At least he had the foresight to cremate himself before he made you flush him. No shit. This is a dumb line yeah. of like, he wouldn't make the request of this. Like, uh, fucking lucky. We're the favorite moments. I don't, I can't, I can't ruminate on that. It's just going to make me pissed off. It's no, you're, you're all right. Uh, favorite moments. Um, most of the episode, but actually, um, you haven't given me a birthday present in 14 years. What would I get the man who has nothing? Wow. <laughs> wow. <Yeah>. <laughs> that's God damn. That's a, that's a takedown right there. And then, um, yeah, you know, oh, what's his fat? <laughs> also, pro, uh, during the fight, we get a where we blow our animation budget, and it's animating every single vein and sinew in Bill's neck when he's screaming at Dale. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Haven't had one of those in a while, so. <laughs> right. How about you, buddy? So my favorite moment is it's just it's the very end. Um in the bathroom and you, Hank is looking over all the scribbles and he has that really cool moment of realization of, you know what? I, I did know my dad really well because he had best friends and they're just like you guys. And we didn't have to go through war together, but you've, you've still been around my entire life. Like, fuck dude, if that's not just the most wholesome thing you can say to your best friends, mm -hmm. like, damn, that hit me in the feel. Ooh, right in the feelings. Um, yeah. So that whole bathroom scene at the end is, is very satisfying. Not to mention Peggy's final line of just goes to prove that even after he's dead, he can still cause us trouble. This one's on me. <laughs> Love it. What do you rate this guy? I'm curious. Um, I'm giving this a charking. Nice. Okay. So. So we established the King of the Hill has a floating timeline. We established we've beat this point to death too. That like yeah, there's continuity, but not really that much continuity. Like just case in point. So Cotton's been dead for a year already. That tracks. But like so, Bobby should be at least fourteen now. But he's not. That's okay. Yeah. No one cares. Like how is Gracie? I mean, like you know, Luanda's pregnant for like eight years. Who cares? I don't care. Like, yeah. and, and you know, like when they establish shit, fine. But like. I don't know. There's a lot of ways out of certain things with this one, and I think a lot of the continuity problems people have are just them being nitpicky. And I think you really missed the forest through the trees. This is a very loving episode of King of the Hill, written by people that actually yeah. love the property. And it's like you said, it's it is kind of fan service, but it's not as bad as it could be. It's not just blatant, you know. It's not like we don't wake. You know, it, it doesn't start off with you know Hank just waking up and. Oh boy, it's already Bobby not being right. You know, it could be so dumb, and we could just be like hitting yes. taglines and one notes and shit like that. And we're not, you know, like we don't have Dale in here just like you'll address me as Shackleford. Like it's not that. It's not that at all. Instead, it's references to locations we've been, we've watched, or, or references to things that we've watched evolve over. What is this like? Fourteen years of a show at this point, like. And they're drawing yeah. across it from all points, and we're citing things, and it's the same thing you were saying last week, or last episode, with, like, we're reusing character models and shit, but, like, 
established character models. Like, those were the Vietnam vets from Unfortunate Son. Holy shit, that's so cool. Uh-huh. But then also, this is a fucking odyssey on Hank's part, man. Like, just him going through the list and learning about the man that Cotton Hill was. And it's, yeah, sure, it's really unsatisfying to him, but... That's what life is, is unsatisfying and mundane. And even if you killed 50 men, it doesn't mean you really did anything with your life, but you still touched people and affected people around you. I, fuck, I love this episode. I could, I, okay, so my only hangup is you need all the fucking context in the world to be this horny for it. Like, okay, okay, so our entire through line is, like, as you and I have done this, we keep coming back to the point of, I tell you what, man, if this was, you know... Fucking, if we were watching this the way it came out, you know, week to week, we wouldn't notice this, but we're not. The way we're doing it, god damn, the way we're doing this made me love this episode even more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, absolutely. Anyway, charking out of me, I've been talking too much, but we're also at the 30 <laughs> minute. We're not even at 30 minutes yet. <laughs> how do we have this much, how do I have this much love for an episode? We can't have anything to say. John, what do you rate her? So before I give you my rating, I have I have kind of an interesting question that popped in my head as I was listening to you. Okay. Mark, if this was the series finale, would you be okay with it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is an amazing I think series I would too. finale. We get even the bit there at the end. So Bobby is talking to Hank about, you know, well, well, how did you decide which side of the bed to sleep on? What about the cuddling? Like all these little bits. And Hank takes a beat yeah. and he shows some growth. And then starts and... to answer him. Yep, exactly. And, like, you kind of, again, this is one of those good endings, too, dude. This is, like, a how to fire the rifle ending that we got so horned up, that I got so horned up for all those years ago. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, like, it just is. It's just a good ending. It is an honest moment between a father and son who love each other, and fuck, it's good. It's really good. And then the the post-credit scene. Right, and then, yeah, then we get the post-credit scene. Until I rewatched this today, I was not expecting... Like, I, I was not expecting to love it as much as I did. And yeah, I think doing this project, doing this podcast has really kind of changed my view of a lot of these older episodes. It's why we're getting different things out of it. When we go into it with one expectation and come out with a completely different answer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this one was, a, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge surprise to me that I was going to love it. It's a cotton episode. I love shit that goes back to cotton. I love that, like, I love hearing more about his his character and hearing more about his past. I love his interactions with Hank. This is, like I said, it's fan service but it's not egregious. It's not just, like, throwing reference after reference after reference to you. You have to hunt them down. Like, right. they didn't go out of their way to tell you, oh, that was Erwin Linker. I went, I you know, I got stranded up in the Alamo because of him one time and almost died. No, we don't need that. But if you're a constant watcher of King of the Hill, then you know, oh, shit, yeah, that's the dude that almost went to Cuba with Cotton. Cool. Got it. It doesn't spoon feed it to you, but it rewards you for being a constant, like, watcher of the show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyway, back to my rating here. Uh, buddy, we have an Imperial, because this also got a Char King for me. Fuck and yeah. And I, I think this is one of our most fitting Imperials. Fuck yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's yeah. awesome huge send-off for Cotton. This is like the best way you can end Cotton's story because we all thought it was done and you and I, I think, were kind of upset with how they finished his his thing like, okay, you're just gonna all of a sudden start a season and kill off a fucking main character? That's it? That's all the pomp and circumstance we get? Like, Oh, we were so mad hell? at Death Picks Cotton. Yeah, we were so mad at that. Yeah. 
And now knowing, like, I, I will give it a little bit more leeway next time it comes up because I will remember, oh, that's right, it's not the last Cotton episode. We have the toilet one. And it's so fucking good. I also wrote down that we get one more uh, post-episode PSA from Hank. We haven't mm-hmm. had one in a very long time, so I'm glad that you put that up there. Um, fantastic stuff. <laughs> oh, so good. So, uh, yeah, Char King Imperial from us. Okay, I just, I know I hit this point last week, but I need to reiterate here. Season 13 is the best worst season we've had up to date. <laughs> you yeah. talk, you talk the, about high highs. Best. Like, oh, God, last... yeah. This honestly, so, yeah, like, fuck. no, I'm, I'm really curious to see how this is going to stack up as far as, like, because you and I are, we're seeing it week to week and we're going, holy shit, we're getting Imperials. I think we got a Charking. Or we got a blue flame or like there's weird shit coming out of season 13 here that I don't think we've hit since at least not consistently since like season seven or eight. Well, just this makes our third Imperial. Yeah, this may be the greatest season in the last half of the show. Yeah. I I mean, up to well, season four was the last time it was this great. And and again, I know we already talked about this, but I just. I like going back and reminding each other yeah. of like, this is the last season and it could be so fucking terrible. I think about community a lot. That last yeah. season of community is pretty goddamn tenuous. It has its moments, but like, yeah. man, this, and that's not to say we don't have our problems, but goddamn, right. John, I think it's safe to say we got to ask that question. And I think I know the answer, but do you still like King of the Hill, buddy? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. After 250 episodes, I'm still there. I'm still into it. It's it's not even just a begrudging love at this point. It's it's whole heart. You've, you've got it. Please don't destroy it. Kind of love. What about you, yeah. man? Yeah, I still love King of the Hill, man. This is great. Like, I, I you know, I was really worried about that. Not worried, but when I pulled up the queue today, I was like, I don't want to watch these. These episodes fucking suck. And I was right at least a yeah. little bit. But, God, I was so glad I was wrong about this one. This is such a... This is such a just a sweet, enduring episode. It's a really good episode. It's a good episode of a TV show. Like, it's just good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, talk about redemption for Croston and Hall, man. We hated their last one. So oh, this is the way to bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, I wrote a note that said 9-11 bowling bag, and I forgot what it was until this moment. What's the coolest thing that's stored in the locker? Cotton's ashes. Or, you know, Black 13 in the World Trade Center lockers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that fucking okay. meant. Okay. okay. I've been staring at that for 20 fucking minutes. I'm like, what did that mean? <laughs> ah, there's your Stephen King reference for the week, Nick. Love you, buddy. Yeah, as I say, for all you constant readers, uh, long days and pleasant nights to you all. Um, Mark, we need to get the hell out of here. No, nah, we don't. We probably still got 40 minutes of bullshitting in us. Uh, let's talk about the Dark Tower for a minute. I don't like Wind Through the Keyhole, and I really hate Wolves of the Kala, but goddammit, if number two ain't the best one. Any- okay, anyway, Johnny, where can the good people find us? <laughs> good people of internet and podcast land can always talk about King of the Hill, or in some cases, the Dark Tower. With Mark and I, we are Dang Old Podcast on Twitter X. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. You can get us on Blue Sky. We are High Hammock Radio. Hey, um, you got guys it. everywhere. Yeah, I, I did. I, it only took me till the fucking near the end of this thing. <laughs> um, 
uh, you guys want to reach out to us, we're on a, on the platform. You just got to come and find us. We're we're almost done with this podcast, but that doesn't mean we're done talking King of the Hill. Uh, we will still probably be active on there for at least a couple of months after we wrap this up and into our next project. So please, if you if you hear this and all of a sudden it's March or April of 2024 and we've been done for a couple of months, don't feel like you just can't reach out to us. Um, I am on Instagram. I am Krautball. Kraut is in Sour Krautball is in Swedish Meatball. And Mark, where can these lovely people find you week to week? Uh, week to week, you can find me at our sister podcast, the I Can't Wait to Show My Kids podcast, a cinematic a cinematic review show where me and our buddy Brad fill in gaps in our knowledge by watching movies that are crucial and important to the one but hasn't been seen by the other one. We watch it, we talk about it, kind of like what you and I do here. But then, John, we talk about when do I show this to my kids. Uh, right now we're in the middle of a John Carpenter mini season. I think you're scheduled to be on at some point. I don't know. I need to check the docket. But if you're not going to find me there, go find me at the Two Wizards podcast, where me and our buddy Josh stare into the void so you don't have to. Um, I don't know what we're doing this week. I think we started season eight, and I either talked shit about crystals and healing stones, or I pussied out and we read some weird fiction. Either way, that was good. Um, and also, <laughs> listeners in the future, God, I hope somebody hears this in like 20... I hope somebody hears this in like 2034 and like, yeah, they're just like, whoa, what a, this fucking like 30 year old cartoon show, King of the Hill was talked about by these guys. Like, wow, this is trippy. It's such a cool snapshot of where they were. And wait, wait, you mean this is the internet podcast legend Mark and Johnny? That's who this, oh my God, they're the, they're the twin presidents of the world. Holy shit. Who knew? Yeah. Like, I really hope that when you guys find it. Moranus to Kings. Find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. I'm not there a lot. It's all sex bots. Prove me wrong, children. Someone come talk to me. Um, and above all, guys, thank you for being here. John, this is number four down. We got three left to go, I think. Um, just once again, man, thank you for being here, listeners. Thank you for being here with us. You know who you are. We love you. And yeah, Johnny, <laughs> let's get out of here, buddy. Thanks, guys, so much for listening. We will see you next week. Goodbye, everyone.